0: But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy, because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun
1: than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I am Elliot Harris, and this is our last show of 2014, as David and I are going to take a brief holiday break. We have two great guests on today, former Dallas Cowboy and before that, University of Oklahoma football coach Barry Switzer. And to leave things off, we have Jim Plunkett, who was the Heisman Trophy winner at Stanford and won a couple of Super Bowls with the Raiders. Here's our interview with Jim Plunkett.
2: I see that you went to Stanford for college. That was a little before my time. Elliot remembers that. How did you end up choosing Stanford?
0: Uh, Well, I'm from San Jose, so I'm about 20 miles down the road. And with my family situation, Uh, they weren't well off. Uh, My mother was blind. My father was legally blind. Uh, I had to stay close to home. So uh, it was the Cal, Stanford, or Santa Clara it really wound down to. Although I was recruited by many other schools across the country, I just felt the need to stay close to home and help my family out and yet get a good education and and play some quality football. And and Stanford uh, seemed to be the right choice for me.
1: Did John Ralston recruit you personally?
0: Uh, he did uh, John was a good man is uh, a good man, uh, although he's getting up there in age and he's had some uh, you know uh, difficulties but uh, uh, yeah, he had uh, uh, you know a, a great personality yeah, he was very energetic, very upbeat, and uh, you know he's he wanted be the guy I really wanted to play for, but he had you know he had quite a list of coaches too as well Mike White was there, Dick Ramil, uh uh, Bill Walsh, uh, Rod Rust, uh, you know, a lot of those guys obviously did very well, not only in college, but as they went into the uh, NFL. So he had quite a group of, uh, of assistant coaches, uh, that also uh, spent a lot of time with recruits. And, you know, in those days it was just different. I, you know, I'm not really up to date on the recruiting. Uh, system that they use today, but, uh, you know, it was more of a friendly atmosphere, it seemed to be, and uh, anyway, you know, they just they just made me feel wanted uh, and felt I could help their program, and, and one of the things that was really important to me, I think, uh, with Rod Rust, uh, it, uh, also being one of the recruiters, uh, <clears throat> I had surgery right before I entered Stanford, uh, I had uh, um, thyroid Tumors that had to be removed, and the doctor said I might not be able be able to ever play. And I called up Rod Rust uh, on the phone and, and told him what was going on with me. That you know I still want to come to Stanford, but you know I may not be able to play football for you. And he said that's okay. You know your scholarship you will you, you will get to keep your scholarship. Come to Stanford whether you play for us or not. We want you to be there. And that's one of the things that's endeared me so much to Stanford University.
2: Very few colleges would do that. I mean, basically it's one and done. Especially in those
0: days, you're right. Yeah, you're right about that. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: What what did your parents think of the recruiting process?
0: Uh, You know, my parents, you know, they were not a very educated uh, couple. Uh, uh, As I said, my mother was totally blind, my father legally blind. Uh, You know, they they did well to raise three kids. We were on welfare. Uh, But, you know, uh, I guess the biggest thing that helped us Held us together was the the love they had for their children. They did raise three kids, uh, which I find incredibly uh, 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 an incredible feat. You know, considering between my wife and I, we have two kids, and that that was hard enough. And we can see, you know. (laughs) And uh, so they did an incredible job, and they put us all in the right direction. Made sure we went to school every day, provided lunch, uh, did all the things uh, you know, you know, most parents do. Uh, for their children, and uh, you know I give them a lot of credit, and uh, I think it made kind of uh, made me who i who I am today, uh, uh, hardworking, stubborn, uh, you know, don't give up easily. you know those kinds of things. Uh, uh, i got I got a lot of that from my parents. you know and they they sacrificed everything for their children they were they were great.
2: A lot of times people say when you can't see or you lose one sense, the other sense has become stronger. Did you notice Correct. that, and did that kind of help you become a better quarterback?
0: Oh well, I don't know about that I don't know if that translated, but you know my mother had a great sense of hearing and and for many years actually or 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 for for a long time you know we'd my especially when I was young, you know my mother'd be sitting on a porch with a neighbor and they would be talking and you know i uh, say I'd wave and say hi mom and and so my friends as we were walking stay see on the sidewalk and uh you know she'd look up and wave back and and at first I didn't even know she was blind until you know I told. My friends, but uh, I I don't know if that sense really related to me. Uh, uh, You know, I just, you know, I I love sports all my life. Whether it be baseball, football, basketball, you know, I wrestled, I I ran track. I did a little bit of everything growing up. I just loved to compete, and uh, and I always wanted to get better. You know, when I was really young, I was always the last guy picked for uh, the baseball team on the, you know, when we played in the streets. But uh, I didn't like that so much. So you know, I worked hard, tried to get better, whatever sport I was playing. Uh, it just drove me forward. I just wanted to be better than the than the next guy and and uh, you know in many instances, I accomplished that
1: growing up in uh hard times did did that create a work ethic in you?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think early on in my life uh, as a young boy, maybe even all the way to grammar school, I wanted a better life for me when I grew up. Uh, I didn't have to want to re- certainly rely on the government uh... for for money and and other benefits uh, uh and so it it spurred me on it spurred me to you know study hard in class and and work hard on the athletic field or court or wherever i might be uh uh but i just I just knew that down the road when I grew up uh you know I, I was going to own my own house we we had to move every time they raised the rent we just kept moving on and on uh as it is when I was young it goes that way and uh so yeah, I strove to be the you know, best I could be. You know, uh, I, when I was a kid, I just I just had to get out of that kind of life and provide. When I grew up, I was going to provide for my family and I was going to be financially stable and I, I was going to get my education. And you know, if sports worked out. That was great. That would be great. Uh, uh, but if it didn't, I, you know, I still had an education to fall back on.
2: I see that John Ralston thought about switching to defensive end. That'd be tough for you because you were a quarterback your whole life, right?
0: Oh, uh, well, I, but no, I, well, in high school I played high defense school. as well. Oh, I, okay. play, I play, I play, I played in the high school all-star game. Uh, I didn't start at quarterback. I started at defensive end. So. I did a little bit of both, uh, but yeah, because my freshman year was just a catastrophe. Coming off surgery uh, on my neck, uh, uh, we 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 had freshman football in those days. You didn't have four years of varsity; you only had three. So I played on the freshman football team. Did not play very well, uh, and at the end of spring practice, although I played quarterback, I did not perform very well there either. <clears throat> and Coach Rawson brought me his office, as he did all players, and you know he sat down and talk to you you what you had to work on over the summer how how to get better uh, what they expected from you back in the fall and he said you know Jim uh, you know uh, you know you didn't perform very well as a quarterback and we think you'd be better off at the defensive end and i told coach you know you know to be honest coach you know <clears throat> you know two things number one i'd like another chance at, at being a quarterback you know my situation i came in here <clears throat> after surgery not really <clears throat> the quarterback that you'd recruited and you know i'd like another chance And number two, if you you move me to a different position, I'll probably leave and go somewhere else. So, you know, he gave me that uh, opportunity. I worked very hard that summer, came back, and I was once again the the quarterback they recruited out of high school. I was throwing the ball well. I was running well. I was doing all the things that they they saw in me in high school. So, uh, you know, I got that turned around.
1: You must have been a pretty persuasive speaker. I can't imagine a whole lot of coaches changing their mind about a a guy – that they think isn't going to do well here and will do well there.
0: Well, I think uh, coach <clears throat> Coach Lawson did see me play in high school. Uh you know, we were under for you in high school. Uh <clears throat> and so he I think he saw a lot of things in me that that it was one of the reasons why they recruited me so heavily, uh, and, and and John was a pretty open-minded guy. Somewhat, well, in, in certain instances, I will say, you know. But uh, and, and you know, I'm very fortunate that he provided me that opportunity. You know, I'm certainly thankful to him, and always will be, uh, for giving me that chance. And, and it turned out extremely well for for me and for him and and, and Stanford. So uh, it, it all worked out in the end. Let me put it that way.
2: I see that. Um you took uh, Stanford to their first Rose Bowl, and it mentions here that you guys had a wide-open offense, which was very rare in the Pac-8 back then. Was that Coach Ralston's idea, or was that Coach White or Rust, or who came up with that idea to open up the offense?
0: Uh, well, I think that, uh, you know, when I first got there, they were a rollout sprint-out team. Uh, they were like the rest of the league. You know, they ran the ball first. They sprinted out throwing uh, the short passes. When I got there, I'm not, I wasn't exactly your rollout. team spread-out type of quarterback. You know, I was I was bigger than most quarterbacks in those days, uh, and I was a drop-back passer, and that's what I excelled at. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, Coach Ralston and the other coaches, including Mike White, who was the offensive coordinator, I guess you'd say, and offensive line coach, and, you know, they saw that in order to be successful for me back there, you know, they ne- needed to change the offense, and we turned into a pro-style offense, open, you know, by, by wide-open offense. You know, we had one wide, wide receiver, you know, just two wide receivers in a tight end, no different than, you know, other teams, but we were more of a drop-back passer. And, you know, they saw that in me. They saw that was I performed best in, the, in that kind of climate, although I did roll out and sprint out some, and I still ran quite a bit. In, in college, but um, I'm I'm a drop back passer. That's what I was then. And, and, and they kind of changed that offense to fit my style of play.
1: Now you, you had a chance to go to the NFL a, a year earlier than you did. Uh, You're right. Yeah. Like, like, like an, another Stanford quarterback more recently, Andrew Luck, you, you went back. What was the reason for all that? Because you, I'm certain you could have used the the money a year earlier oh, that didn't was a I? consideration,
0: yeah, that was very much a consideration, uh, you know, going out and helping my family and and uh, uh, going to the NFL. but you know, uh, myself and you know, I redshirted one year, my sophomore year, along with a couple of other friends of mine who were got there at the same time and and we set a goal for ourselves, you know we wanted to. Uh, to get to the Rose bowl. And we came up so short and you know, on the last play of the, the, game against SC, they kicked a field goal to beat us my junior year. And, uh, uh, shoot. So we, we kind of made a pack. We were all going to come back and, and get to the Rose bowl, which we did. We accomplished, uh, for the first time in 19 years. Um, but I could have left early. Uh, I know the Colts were interested in drafting me, uh, cause they called and talked, but, uh, you know, i also, you know, I just and you know, I wanted to be a good example of you know, staying in school and and get my education and, and and that was also a factor as well. But you know, more than anything, you know, I just want another crack at SC and a cra- another chance to get to the uh, Rose Bowl. And in those days, it was much tougher. You know, I, uh, <clears throat> you could only go to one bowl game in the Pack Eight or the Pac, yeah, Pack Eight back then. Uh, you know, you could, you know, you. We, every year I was there, we won, you know, six games or more. But there was no bowl game to go if you didn't win your, your conference. So we were stuck. So, you know, you had to win your conference to go to a bowl game. And so it was much more difficult back then. Let me put it yeah. that way.
1: Yeah. N- nowadays, it's almost as if, you, well, if you field a team, we'll find a bowl for you. Well, yeah. Pretty much, you know, <laughs> which I don't think is unfair. If you're 6-6, six six, 50%, you can you, you qualify yeah. for a
0: bowl. And I, I don't think that's right. It's something you should earn.
1: What was it like when you won the Heisman? Because you had some pretty good competition. <clears throat> you had the Heisman. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah Theisman, Archie and Archie Manning. Yeah.
0: yeah you know, they're a, a, a good group, and there were some running backs back then too as well uh, who were all considered. But, you know, I feel by very fortunate, you know, to have the kinds of... Uh, years and that final year at Stanford and going to the Rose Bowl and, you know, winning that, beating a team that would probably beat us nine out of ten times. But that day, there, you know, we weren't to be denied. Um, you know, it was the thrill of my life, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I love being at Stanford and, and my, t- my teammates, and, you know, to this day we're as close as any group of men could be. Uh, but, you know, it was just something that, you know, I certainly didn't try to win the Heisman. You know, I just wanted to win games each and every week. Um, but that was kind of the icing on the cake. It was a tremendous honor. I'm very proud of the fact. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know i still the only one at, at Stanford, although I, you know, I felt Andrew Luck had, had a tremendous chance to win it and Toby Earhart over the last few years. Uh, and, I, I, and unfortunately, they did not. But uh, uh, I take quite, quite a bit of pride in the fact that, uh, you know, I won the Heisman Trophy back in 1970.
2: And also John Elway never won it either. You could throw that in his face.
0: I don't throw anything in anybody's face, you know. Uh, he he did not win very much at Stanford, tell you the truth. Uh, although he did make the Heisman list, but uh, you know they were not a very good football team back then. Uh, Stanford was quite a bit up and down. They'd have some good years and some down years, and uh, until recently, you know, there's probably the longest string of of, of winning. Of a winning team they've had in a long time. It's, it's just it was it's been very difficult to win at Stanford on a consistent basis over the years. Although that obviously that has changed with Harbaugh and uh, David Shaw at the helm right now. But uh, you know back then you know it, it, it was tough to get the players that you wanted. And one of the things that Coach Ralston did back in the day was. He recruited a lot of quarterbacks because, you know, they usually had good grades and they were able to get in, unlike today where it seems like everybody has good grades. I don't think I can get a Stanford today. <laughs> but what he, but we, what, what he did with the quarterbacks, you know, he would move to defensive back or wide receiver. So he found places for these guys to, to play. Uh, I think one of the things we lacked, and I'm not knocking my guys because I, I think they were, you know, I wouldn't trade them for anything. Uh, but you know we weren't you know we weren't overwhelmingly big on offense. Uh, we didn't mow people down. We had to somewhat finesse. We you know we tried to run the ball, but we you know had to somewhat finesse them and, and play a different kind of of uh, offensive ball than, than most teams in the pack, like SC and some of the big powerhouses.
1: When the NFL draft came around, did you know you were going to be number one?
0: Uh, yeah, I was pretty sure. New England was. Uh, uh, in contact with my agent quite a bit, uh, uh, and I knew I was going to New England pretty early.
1: So you you were prepared to make that that cross country trip to play for the Patriots?
0: Yeah, I, you know I was thrilled about being you know being drafted, being drafted number one overall, uh, going to the, to a team that needed my help. And I didn't know I was going to start right away, but that's exactly what happened. I started from the get go as a as a rookie. I took every snap. Didn't miss one single snap, although there were some times when I got knocked around I was I wanted to miss a snap or two. But, uh, uh, you know, I just kept showing up and, uh, you know, had, had, had some success as a rookie uh, back in the day. Uh, and, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. I'm glad I got the opportunity. I, I did take a licking, but I also learned a lot.
2: Was it, did teams look at you differently because of your heritage being Hispanic that they felt that you wouldn't make a good quarterback under the old stereotype systems they had?
0: You know, I don't know. You know, uh, you know. If they did, I didn't. I didn't see it. Uh, You know, you. If you're not good, you know, it shows up right away. And if you you are good or you've got potential, that you know, that pretty much shows up as well. You know, I you know, they took me for who I was. You know, I got a lot of crap in the uh, in the locker rooms, but uh, on the field, not so much.
1: Did having Randy Bataha, your uh, former teammate at Sanford. Ease the transition to the nfl
0: yeah we weren't a very good football team back in 1970 and having randy uh be there he was you know he was you know we he had been drafted by uh the rams and he was relevant. irrelevant was the very guy last guy picked but they chose him in la mostly for his publicity because he's a local guy they cut him we found him on a beach hungover i said come on randy come on yeah i talked to the coaches and the owner and they wanted to sign you, so you know, I hopped on the plane, and you know, we played together for five years in New England. And uh, uh, number one, it was great to have him there uh, as a friend and someone when you and we lived together for a couple of years. And then uh, number two, uh, uh, you know, he, he was quite an athlete, and uh, uh, you know, he saved my bacon a lot both at Stanford and in New England. So it, it worked out very well for 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 me, for him, and and for the Patriots
2: see the, I and mean, then you bounced around them you went to the 49ers for a year and then you went to the Raiders and were a backup did you think then you know what my career's probably over I'm just going to finish as a backup with the Raiders
0: yeah well I was at San Francisco for two five years in union and two at San Francisco got released which is probably the lowest point in my career you know <clears throat> and, and, and you know took a drubbing in the press and you know it was probably the most depressing point of my life uh, uh, at that time and you know thinking well maybe these people are right maybe I should get out of football, go do something else, uh, start a business, or what have you. Uh, but then my friends and family supported me, said, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't you, it was the situation you had been in. Plus, my agent got several phone calls from different teams <coughs> you know, around the country, and one of them being the Raiders across the Bay, and I didn't want to pack up and leave again. So, you know, I wound up signing with the Raiders, and, uh, and you're right. I was on the bench for a couple of years. That was that was also very difficult behind a very good quarterback in Kenny Stabler. But after one year, I felt I, I, I was playing well again, and, you know, I, you know, I asked to be traded in 1980 uh, when they brought in Pastorini and they traded uh, Stabler. But Al Davis wouldn't do it. He said I was the only experienced guy they had, uh, but they were going to start Pastorini because they said they traded a number one for a number one. So, you know, and then eventually he got hurt and uh, it was my opportunity and I had to make the most of it because if I, if I failed or came up short, I, I, I'd be out of football for sure. And, and fortunately it worked out for me and for the Raiders.
1: Well, you ended up in Super Bowl 15 being the MVP, so right. I think I think that qualifies as <laughs> working out pretty well.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you know, then a couple of years later we won uh, Super Bowl in 84 against the Redskins. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, if I'd been on that team uh, earlier in my career, who knows what would have happened. But, you know, it just took a while, and it was it was a it was quite a journey for me, you know, ups and downs. And uh, But it was nice to finish up on top.
2: Did it help him and Tom Flores as a coach, being that he was a former Raider quarterback also of Hispanic heritage?
0: Uh, you know, uh, I had uh, Coach Madden that first year, uh, and then Tom took over my second year there.
1: You know I, I, you know, I don't know if the
0: heritage helped out. Tom and I are great friends now. Uh, uh, we see each other every week for all the Raider games. Uh, he does the radio. I do uh, preseason radio and TV and a weekly TV highlight show. So we're around, we're around each other a lot. I You know, I think what really helped was his experience in the NFL. He was a quarterback. He'd been there, done that. He'd been on teams that weren't very good and teams that were pretty good. and And you know we had a good rapport with one another i, I learned a lot from tom uh patience uh, learning the raiders system which was quite different from anything i'd been exposed to in the nfl prior uh and uh you know he helped me out quite a bit uh, I, I, he gave me a lot of confidence confidence in 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 their style of play uh, and so from that regard as a coach from a coaching standpoint he was terrific you know we had our differences because you know coaches and quarterbacks usually do, you know. They argue over, you know, play calling and uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and but he was my boss, you know. He's my coach, and I was his player. Uh, but it worked out extremely well for the two of us. And today we're just great friends.
1: Was he your favorite coach to play under, or somebody else? Oh no,
0: I, I, it had to be him. You know, I, there's a lot of men I liked uh, uh, over the years, but you know, you have success, you, know, you do well with it. A certain coach, uh, you know, uh, it makes him your best coach. Uh, your, your, yeah, your best coach and, and a good friend.
2: What was the like point for Al Davis? Because all the former Raiders, Ellie and I have talked, have said once you're a Raider, you're a Raider for life. Even if you, other teams forget about you, Al Davis never did.
0: Yeah, yeah that's pretty much true. <laughs> you know, he's that kind of guy. You know, you come in with a reputation uh, for a lot of different things, you know, and Al didn't care about all that. He didn't care about the the baggage you had he just cared that you played well on sunday and for the most part people did you know and and a lot of guys that he brought in you know weren't necessarily at the end of their career they just didn't get along with their coaches uh they ran into some trouble and or they just didn't fit in and al was able to to put this conglomerate of different personalities together uh, and they were all great players i mean i never had so much fun in my life as i did with these guys and they expected to win each and every ball game. That was their attitude, and and you probably know the history. It started with La Monica and, and Stabler. And when mm-hmm. I got there, it didn't matter what the score was. With two minutes to go, and and the Raiders were behind, they'd find a way to win. It was just incredible the things they uh, that we that they accomplished and that we were able to accomplish when I was there as well. Uh, you know, just they you know, just tightened the chin strap a little bit more and did what they had to do, and more often than not, you know, went home winners.
1: Did you have a favorite receiver to throw to? Uh,
0: well, you know, Todd Christensen probably overall was my favorite receiver in, uh, for a few years there. Uh, Bobby Chandler, unfortunately, we didn't have him very long. He got injured, but uh, greatest hands. And Cliff Branch was always the big play guy for us down the football field. And then Marcus Allen was just he could do everything and everything well. So you want to get the ball as, as much as you could to him, whether it be the, by the run or by the pass. But, you know, uh, you know, Al provided all these guys. You know, he believed in the deep ball. And somewhere during the game, we were going to get it.
2: Would one of the Super Bowls have more meaning for you, was more important, or you felt
0: was a better game for you? Uh, well, I... I Obviously, the uh, the first one, you know, after struggling for 10 years, finally getting... I'd never even been to a playoff until my, that year we, in 1980. So, and to get there the way we did, having to win three uh, playoff games, uh, first wild card team ever to do it, and then to beat a team that had beaten us prior during the course of the year and just kicked our butt 10 to 7. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, that, that, that Super Bowl certainly means the most to me. After all, the... Uh, uh, the ups and downs uh, uh, that I had getting there, that that to this day means the, the most to me uh, of the two Super Bowls. There's no question about that.
1: David and I have talked to a lot of former Raiders and former players and coaches in the NFL, and we're trying to figure out why Tom Flores isn't in the Hall of Fame and why you're not in the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, you know, Tom certainly deserves to be, you know, he won two Super Bowls, he uh, He's been on two other teams that have participated. He was an assistant coach uh, in 1976 with the Raiders. Uh, he did a, yeah, you know, he did a tremendous job uh, with a group of guys that's not there that and aren't so easy to coach sometimes. Uh, and, and he should be in there. There's no, there's no doubt about it. As for me, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But it would be a nice finish to, you know, uh, a long career. But you know, I'd, I'll let somebody else worry about it.
2: I see one of the former Raider executives is up for the Hall of Fame, Ron Wolf. What do you think about Ron?
0: Oh, Ron, you know, done a tremendous job in this league. He was uh, Mr. Davis's right hand man. He knows talent. He, you know, he picks players that'll help uh, help you win. He did it with the Raiders and he did it at Green Bay. So, uh, uh, tremendous. Uh, uh, I don't know if you would term you'd give him a scout uh, talent guy. Yeah, but he. He knows his talent, and he he provides players for coaches uh, that help them win.
2: What I don't get with Lester Hayes is, did he wear that stickum or use that stickum during practices, too, or was it just in games?
0: Uh, he wore it all the time. He was—he he drove me nuts because I hate to get it on the ball. I hate to get it in my hand, you know, because you can't throw the ball. He was he was a pain, but he's uh, hes a lovable guy, and he was a great player. But, you know, he, he could do just as well without it. But, you know, him and Fred Belitnikoff both used that stuff until they banned it, you know. Uh, but uh, uh he just liked, you know, he, Lester is Lester, and he'll do what he wanted to do. Uh, a great player, though, good guy, good friend.
2: Someone said that the reason the NFL banned it was because they were going through too many footballs.
0: Oh, yeah, because you rub all that crap off of it. <laughs> it was no fun, believe me, you know, when you got on the ball. And, like, Randy Vidalha used to stick him, too. <clears throat> and he used to have long hair back in the day when we were in New England. And he says, he'd say, Plunk, push my hair back in my helmet, because he couldn't touch you know, his,
1: <laughs>
0: you know. Jesus Christ. But... Yeah, I, uh we, they had their moments though. Those guys were a sticklers.
1: Yeah. Nowadays, receivers have gloves that have like Velcro or something. That, that yeah, they pretty wear. much. Huh? It's like, wait a second. If if you could have had receivers that, that would never drop a pass because of the equipment, you'd probably hey, be, be completing sixty-five, seventy percent of your passes.
0: Well, they do now anyway because of the style of play. You know, it's a passing league now. You know, and uh, let's see. When uh, unfortunately the Rams, you know, took it to the Raiders Sunday, but probably uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Sean Hill's first, probably nine out of ten passes weren't over three yards past the line of scrimmage or uh, uh, or behind the line of scrimmage, and yet he tore us up. You know, I mean, and you know. If we had that kind of offense back then, you know, the numbers would be staggering.
2: The game I I remember was a Raider-Bear game in 1984. They had to be the most physical game I've ever saw. Quarterbacks are going down left and right for the Raiders. Right. That game, what do you remember about it?
0: Well, I didn't start. I, I was hurt going into the game, so I didn't play. Mark Wilson started. He got knocked out of the game. Uh, David Humm, the backup, he got knocked out of the game. Uh, and one time he came to the sideline and he says, here, Plunk, hold this. And he hands me a tooth. Uh, so. And then Mark Wilson goes back in the game. And then uh, who was their quarterback, uh, the Bears quarterback? Jim McMahon and Steve Fuller. Jim McMahon got knocked out of in the game. And he I guess he had a liver bruise or whatever. I mean, it was... It was a hard-fought game. Bears came out on top, but my God, you're right. It was, it was one of the most brutal games I've ever witnessed.
1: Now, one of the honors you have received is Stanford retired your number sixteen, and right. you were you were the only, only the second Stanford player to have his number retired. The other one being the you know, legendary Ernie Nevers. Right. What, what was that? What was that day like?
0: Oh, it was very exciting. My kids were young. You know, we drove around in the car, around the track. There used to be a track around the field. Uh, but it was a very nice honor, you know, at that time to be the only, the second number retired at Stanford. Uh, to, you know, once again, you took a lot of pride. I said, I, I, I'm very thankful to Stanford. Uh, it, 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 I've got a big place for Stanford in my heart. As my whole, you know, all my kids went through all their, their summer camps, you know, in every sport. Uh, very close to Stanford and, and the people uh, uh, who, uh, are, you know, are part of Stanford. So, uh, you know, it, it was a big thrill back then. It's a great honor. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, as I said, I, I'm thrilled to have gone to Stanford and, and have met and, and been with the people that I've been with, both uh, on the athletic field and off of it.
2: You have a vote for the Heisman. What do you think of a guy like Jameis Winston? Do you think characters should go into whether you vote for someone for the Heisman?
0: Uh, yeah, I do. You know, I don't I don't have to elaborate. You know, there's so many things that go on. Right. You know, and everybody's got a little baggage with them, but uh, some of the things that go on today are, are quite extraordinary, but uh, yeah, I, I do think it's part of it.
1: Do you anticipate a day when there'll be more Latino players in the NFL? I mean, there's a sprinkling nowadays, but
0: Yeah, there are a few. You know, obviously Tony Roma is one of them, you know. Uh yeah. But yeah, there are you know there are more and more. But you know Hispanics in general, you know I grew up with you know obviously in Hispanic neighborhoods and and for the most part you know they're not they weren't very big you know you know I was an exception I was bigger taller than you know you know all my friends you know that's just the way it was. But now obviously you know you know I'm trying to say Max Montoya. And the guy who went to SC and played for Cincinnati—I can't think of his uh, name—who's in the Hall of Fame? uh, Shoot! Oh, Anthony Munoz. Yeah, you know, you know, there are a few, and they're getting bigger and and stronger, and uh, uh, there'll be more to come. There's there's no doubt about it. But for the you know, and there aren't many Asians, you know, because Asians, you know, on the for the most part aren't, you know, big men, Uh, but. you know, that day's changing. You know, my son turns into 6'6", my daughter's 6'1". Uh, so things, things change,
1: believe me. And there'll be more uh, great players coming out of the Hispanic community. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Jim Plunkett. After this brief break, we will be back with former Oklahoma and Dallas Cowboys football coach, Barry Switzer. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.